0: to equip tools for navigating
1: real life. Welcome to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries. We're happy you're with us today. I'm Kim Heineke, Director of Operations for Arise Ministries, and our goal is always to provide you with tools for navigating real life. So thank you for joining us. Is your life cluttered either by stuff or debt? Have you fallen into the trap of believing that having more stuff will make you happier? What if I told you there's a way to simplify your life and reduce your stress? How many of you would raise your hand for a little break from the chaos of managing all the clutter in your life? Well, today's guest is going to give you some practical ways to do just that. Amity Farr is an expert in frugality and simplicity. She's the author of the book, Simple Fly Life, The Manual, which just released in 2018. It's a great read to help give you more time, more money, and less stress in your life. Amity has been a minimalist and an avid declutterer since 2010. She credits her mother with the inspiration to declutter and live a life of simplicity and frugality. You can find her at www.simpleflylife.com to read her blog and check out her book, which is available also on Amazon. Amity joins us from Missouri, where she lives with her husband and a very spoiled cat named Chia. Amity, welcome to the Equip Podcast by Rise Ministries. I am so thrilled to have you on our show.
0: Oh, Thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here and to be here with you today.
1: Good. Thank you. Well, let's do this. Begin by giving our audience a quick definition of frugality and simplicity. What do those really mean?
0: Okay, that's a great question and a great place to start. There is a difference. Frugality is about getting the best bargain for your dollar. So under frugality, if you hit a sale on toilet paper for 10 cents a roll, it's okay to buy 2,000 packages. (laughs) So on the contrasting side, simplicity is about having what you need and maybe a few wants and really nothing more. So a simplistic person would not buy 2,000 rolls of toilet paper They might have a good supply on hand, but they wouldn't go overboard. That's good. So, you know, it's uh, another way of putting it is um, if you're buying shirts, a frugal person would maybe buy 10 shirts for $10 a piece. A simplistic person might buy five shirts for $20 a piece. They might be willing to pay more for an item that means something to them or supports their values, Um, and so they might spend the same amount of money as a frugal person, but they would spend it differently.
1: That's great. You know, I read your book, and one of the things that I even told you is that in your book, you write the way that you teach people to manage things, which I really love that. Not a lot of fluff. It was just like right to the point, real entertaining read. But one of the things that you said in your book, you called frugality intelligent consumerism. And I loved that because I thought, oh, that sounds intentional and smart. It doesn't sound poor and cheap. So, when you know, because I happen to be a bit of a frugal person, and so when some of my girlfriends tease me about that, I even said to someone last weekend, um you can talk to me like that but really it's just intelligent consumerism. So I tried to shut him down a little bit and help him see I'm not so bad. I'm just being careful with my money. So I loved love that definition in your book. So let's back up a minute and begin at the beginning because I want our audience to know that no matter where you are in your finances or how deep you're drowning in things you don't need, you can do this. Amity and many people like her have chosen a life of simplicity and less stress. And I know that sounds great to all of us. So in your book, you mentioned that you and your husband were sort of um, drifting, kind of toying with bad habits that maybe could set you up for a life shackled to debt and unnecessary stuff. When you realized a change needed to be made. So tell our listeners how you discovered simplicity leads to less stress. Kind of give us the why.
0: Okay. So, um, to give you a little bit more about the story, um, I knew that something was desperately wrong. I just, I was living the normal American life, but I just wanted to be out of it. I just uh, wanted to disconnect from reality so mad. And I would, um, do daydreams or movies or, you know, my favorite escape was shopping.
1: So, hello (laughs)
0: wall to wall, but I was pretty dang close in my house, and um, so one night I was doing some uh consumerism in Borders Bookstore and I found a book (laughs) called Secrets of Simplicity by Mary Carlo Magno, and that really was the turning point. Um, it was a workbook, I gave up lattes for a week at first, and then it just connected with me and so I walked away from that book saying I am going to declutter my house twice a year every year and by year number three, I was experiencing the benefits that I describe in my latest book, which is more time, more money, and less stress. Um, I was able to work part time. Um, my house didn't stress me out like it used to. Mm-hmm. I was making different decisions as I would go to the store, and it was just such a benefit to me and my family, um, you know, because not only was I able to work less, but because I was stressed less, I was a better wife, um, a better coworker, you know, and right. it really affected my interpersonal relationships as well.
1: That's so good. And I love, I love the fact that you say by year three, I started to really Feel the benefits. So mm-hmm. often we start something and we think that's it. I'm going to save money, or or it can be anything. I'm going to save money, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to do whatever it is. And if we don't feel immediate results in 48 and a half minutes, we decide it's not working and we abandon it. So I love thinking that if you do it, you stick with it, and it, it may have taken you a while to really feel the freedom that comes with decluttering and simplifying life a little bit, but it does come. I know with my kids every. December when they were out on Christmas break and every summer they had to go through their closets and clean out their room. And you would think you would think that was the worst thing possible for them to have to spend a whole afternoon going through their closets or, you know, cleaning out what's hiding under their bed. Some things shouldn't have been under there, probably growing fur at this point. But they <laughs> after a while, after like literally a couple of years, they just knew Christmas break, we're going to have to do the the Christmas clean or, you know, First week of summer, we're going to have to clean out under our beds. And and after a while, they didn't even mind. And kids can get on board with that, too. So so thanks for sharing that. It's not always immediate, but the freedom does come whenever you push forward. So I know there's a lot of single mothers listening today, and many of you probably feel like it's impossible for you to save money. I was a single mom. I get it. There's often, as Dave Ramsey says, not enough money at the end of your month. Wait, is that how he says it? I just butchered Dave Ramsey. I feel terrible about that (laughs) because I told you I have a financial crush on him.
0: I'm sure he'll forgive you.
1: He'll forgive me. He'll probably want me to come to Nashville and sit in his studio and talk with him about finances. (laughs) But there's probably a lot of you feeling like, I can't do it. I'm a single income family. And if that's you, I just want you to take a big, deep breath and relax and keep listening because we're going to share some practical things with you. So Amity, do that. Do share some practical ways to save money that are easy to implement.
0: Okay. Um, so I think in my experience, the most flexible budget category is food. So one thing to do is definitely, definitely shop with a list Yes, because you've got a rule to go by. You will be less likely to go through and just pick up random stuff. And that's huge. Um, another thing is to do Meal planning, Mm -hmm. um, shop your pantry first, and then go to the store with an edited list that reflects what you've already got on hand and what you can make with what you already have with just a few touch up items. And, um, that will prevent, uh, food waste also. Um, even things like your hairstyle, if you can wrap your head around having a simple style, you may be able to cut it once or twice a year instead of every month. And, you know, that can be the difference between $480 right. versus 40 or $80 for a year's worth of hair.
1: Or if you can just uh, get used to that gray. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're saying, isn't it? You're stepping on some toes. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Um, let's see another thing is your thermostat if you can um, bundle up in the winter um, we keep ours at 65 we both have survived several years of doing that Um, another thing is you know use your fans use your ceiling fans at home Um, try to time it so that you're cooling down your house when you're there or when you're about to get there if you've got a programmable thermostat you know just whatever you can use to your advantage um, also, you know, I'm sure that we all like entertainment. So try to figure out community things that are free or, um, a free art museum or, um, have a picnic in a park or, um, uh, you know, a cheap, uh, like a university is great for sports or even like a chorale. Um, I went to, kind of like a Choir deal um, with a bunch of singers at mm-hmm. a local university. It was great and it was free. Um, so there's cheaper ways to get your entertainment than what might be mainstream. Uh, let's see. Um, those are the ones that come to mind right now.
1: I so. we my sister and I, my mother was a single mother for a while, and we were very we were very frugal because we had to be out of necessity, not because this was the way of life we were going to adopt there was no other choice we were very very frugal and we did things like we drank water if if we went out to eat which was virtually never but if we did we drank water and even now when we go to a restaurant i i drink water because i can't bring myself to spend a dollar 49 on a drink that's empty calories i mean it was the little tiny things like that that add up our children even now you know we don't necessarily have to do that all the time. But we tell them, you drink water when we go out to eat at a restaurant so that we can take a nice vacation in the summer. I mean, like they know that those are the tiniest little things that they do that contribute to the family budget. Or I love what you say about going to the store um, with a list. Like, If I go without a list and with children, it always costs me $50 more. Someone (laughs) invariably needs something that's going to change their life. So If you have to take kids, I used to implement this thing called luxury item. And every time we'd go to the grocery store, you got to choose a $3 luxury item. That's not very much, but it gave them this sense of control. Like mom's not saying no to everything. I get to choose one thing that costs $3 or less that she won't say no to. So
0: that's a good idea. Yeah.
1: And, you know, if you're not married and you are listening to this and you take a husband, up it to five. He'll think it's great, but don't let him get two things: one luxury item, five dollars or less. So, so that's good. That's um, I love thinking about just those simple ways that you can save money. And yes, no one will freeze to death at sixty-five degrees, or sixty-two. It's questionable at fifty-nine, but no one will no one will freeze to death. So let me ask you this. Um, Well, most of you listening have children, and you know that for this to really work in a family, everyone does have to have some level of buy-in. If you come in, just tell them this is how it's going to be, and we're going to be frugal, and we're going to simplify, and we're going to declutter, there's a good possibility you're going to get a lot of pushback from the people living in your house. So how can we get our children to start buying into that, those ideas, to start decluttering? How can we help them see the payoff in living a simplified life?
0: There's two major ways of coming at that, and one is bribing and one is guilting. So bribing means that you offer your child, um, let's say a trade, like I'll give you $20 for getting rid of 40 toys, or I'll give you one nice toy if you let go of 15 or 20. And you do the math on that. I mean, if they let go of let's say 80 items and you are forced to buy four toys. That's a great trade off. You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, guilting like if you've got a very sensitive child you may be able to train them early on about um, you know giving back and um, letting other children who don't have the same things as you do if you've got a very kind hearted child then you can convince them that the toys that they no longer play with that they no longer like can be used by someone else either in the community or overseas and that they will get great value out of the toys that they discard so they're actually doing a, a great good deed by letting go of what they're not interested in anymore. And um, so, you know, that's another way. Um, the The bribing, uh, my friend Tara, who is a single mom, used that on her nine-year-old boy and it worked wonders. She was getting ready to move and she was having to downsize considerably. And that little a boost of $20 where the agreement was that he could buy one nice toy with that money Mm -hmm. uh, really encouraged him to get rid of a lot more that he was not ready to let go of otherwise.
1: I like that. And, you know, like you use words like, like bribing and guilting, but it also brings to mind thinking about teaching our children, and maybe we're just calling it something different, contentment. You know, we're, we're teaching them that they don't have to have all these things to be happy. Um, We're in in encouraging them to give some things away, we're teaching them how to be content. It brings to mind 1 Timothy 6, um, verse 6 through 7. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Those are some concepts that I know moms want to teach their kids. We suffer a lot from mom guilt. We feel like we have to give our kids all of these things. They have to have a room full of toys for them to be happy. And really, they don't. What we want to teach them just with what you're saying is, you know, blessing some other people, giving some things away, and let's be happy with what we have. It's, it's. I don't know if, if it was in your book or if my mother has just said it to me all these years or whoever, but, you know, if you like the things that you have, you don't want as many new things, if that makes sense.
0: True. That is very true. And contentment is a mighty, mighty weapon against overconsuming um Another thing is, you know, if you feel bad about downsizing the room of toys that your child has, just bear in mind, studies have been done that your child will play on average with like 16 to 23 toys, even if they've got 200 available. That's so true. They have their favorites. So please don't take away their favorites, but what they're not playing with, go ahead and let it go out the door.
1: Yes, that's so good. That's so good. There's another scripture that sort of came to mind. It's in Matthew, and the scripture is Matthew six twenty one. It says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if we've built this, if we've built our homes to have all these worldly treasures, just what you said, if we're just bombarded with all of these things, all this clutter that we have, that's where our attention and that's where our focus is going to be, either on those things or getting more of those things that we don't need. Mm -hmm. which it tends to be what it is, but you're, you're absolutely right. If we let some of those things go, if we teach our kids the value of contentment and the value of downsizing and being happy with what you have and simplicity and frugality, then we free up a whole lot of space in our hearts for our, for our heart to be more in tune with God. And if our, if he is our treasure, that's where our heart will be. If we don't find all of our worth and all of our happiness and all this stuff collecting dust, that we then spend money we don't have to let somebody else dust it for us every two weeks. Right.
0: In my book, I mention this. There is actually kind of like a wonderful secret out there, and it can be phrased like this. When you want what you have, you have what you want. Yes. You know, when you are content, you you don't have that craving. You don't have that gnawing in your heart going and and you don't make the trips to stuff mart to find something stuff to I make, love that. That, make that a little better for you yeah. you know um, you you are just you are just satisfied And so um, another thing in the book is um, if you take two people making the same exact amount of money and one person is satisfied with much less and spending much less to get their needs and wants met, that person is going to feel like they've got a surplus, whereas somebody that needs to spend all of their income to have that same feeling is maybe going to run a deficit or use credit to get what they need and want to make that hunger go away. Right. So if we can be content and just be satisfied with what we have, we are going to have a great advantage in life.
1: That's good. You know, and some of the ways that we can as as grown-ups, not even talking about kids, put some of those boundaries up for ourselves, don't don't get on Amazon and shop around. Like I rarely go to the mall anymore mainly because I don't want to be around that many people all the time. But I just don't need the temptation of looking at all the things I'm missing out on, you know, or, or whatever it might be. I mean, like, put some boundaries up for yourself that say, if I'm not going to if I don't have $100 to spend, I'm not going to go and look at all these things that I may not be able to say no to. I've I've had to do that for myself. So um, I like coffee as much as the next person. But I don't, you know, I just I don't stop in at Starbucks for a glass of water because I'll get sucked into this $5 coffee that I don't need, you know, on on occasion. So there's all there's all kinds of little things that you can that you can put in place. And I would say to the moms that are listening, and I feel like there's a you know, there's kind of a unique thing about single mothers. I can say this because I've been one. Some of us had this feeling like like I mentioned earlier. I just want to give my kids everything they want because of something you think that they're missing out on. So their their family structure doesn't look like you know, perfect patty that they sit next to in school. So you feel like you want to give them all of those things. You are giving them a valuable gift by teaching them to be content and teaching them to live a simple life, one that's free from the shackles of all the things and all the, the, the debt and the just the just the up just the responsibility of the upkeep of all your stuff. And so if you're a mom of very young children, I would say to you, don't even start it. Don't even go down that road and pack light for that guilt trip. You don't have to give them everything because when I was a single mother and I had two little boys, they wanted all the things just like every other kid did.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: But I also knew that there may come a day when my boys are leading their families and they can't give their children all the things. And I wanted them to know, I wanted them to have that experience that it's okay to say no and you will still grow up and be a perfectly fine adult. With friends and a job and all these things, if you didn't have the designer clothes and the latest whatnot, you know, so it's not just about it's not just about what you can't give them, but think a little bit more long term. Like I'm teaching them a valuable lesson. I'm teaching them to put their eyes on spiritual things, to keep their mind focused on those, and not all the shiny things around them, because those are always going to disappoint. So you can turn any little lesson, you know, in in frugality and simplicity around and make it a spiritual lesson to your kids and and continue to point their hearts to god so
0: that is so true and there was a study done uh several years ago between um two groups of children one group well actually both groups were offered candy now Mm -hmm. and you get one piece or candy later and you would get two pieces or two lollipops whatever it was And so they let the kids choose, and they found that the children that chose instant gratification and chose to have the lollipop now and not the two later did less well in life overall than the children that practiced delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting out of debt and getting your house and your chaos under control is all about delayed gratification. And um, you've got to have that and you've got to have that knack and you've got to be able to realize that the bigger reward is coming, but you have to sacrifice first to get it. You know, a lot of us are um, wanting it all right now and it doesn't work that way. Um, My mom, when she was raising me and, you know, she's she's a single mom, Uh, my parents divorced when I was 10, I didn't get the cool clothes. I, I didn't get, you know, name brand anything. Um, as a trade-off, you know, mom was really good with her money, and we did get to go on some nice vacations. We actually went to Cancun, Mexico one year. Oh, fun. Um, but, uh, you know, I I didn't get to look as cool as my classmates for sure, and I didn't get to go to the movies when I wanted. And mom would put out public announcements to me and my household about, um, you know, hey, we've got 120 bucks left in our budget this month. We're, we're eating in. We're not going to go to McDonald's, you know, yeah. and so we made choices like that. And in the end, we made it work. And she was so good with what she did with the budgeting and reining it in and the frugality that she actually built a house after I moved out for cash, mm-hmm. she made everything in cash. And uh, she is she just recently bought a new car, so she did sign a loan for that, but otherwise she's been debt-free. When she gets bored with making payments, she pays it off.
1: Yeah, that's yep. great. So, that's yeah. great. It really does matter. I mean, moms, think about it. Imagine how much more effective you could be for the kingdom of God if you were not weighed down by taking care of all of your things and by worrying about your debt and worrying about the things that you don't have. The, the the extra things that you don't have. I'm not talking about food. I'm not talking about a place to live. I'm talking about you're worried about how you can't get your nails done, or you can't get your hair done, or you know how you can pay for your iPhone, or, or whatever it might be. But I mean, how much more effective could we be for the kingdom of God if we had that mind space clear to focus on him and to pour into the kingdom instead of worrying about all the things we can accumulate? When I read that scripture in 1 Timothy it says, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. I was like, oh, that's where moms get it. <laughs> you know, like mothers across America have long um, twisted that statement. Like I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. But it's true. <laughs> like we brought nothing into the world and we take nothing with us. I heard somebody at church this last week from the stage. She said, your kingdom dies with you. You know, like all the things that we accumulate, that's gone when we're gone. It doesn't even matter. So if you, if this is an area ladies that are listening, that you're struggling with, I mean, I would just encourage you to ask the Lord to, to make you know, to make Romans 8, 5, and 6 real to you. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And I believe that God wants that for us. We know He wants that for us, life and peace, And some of those things can be um, closer to us if we just declutter and simplify our lives a little bit.
0: Well said, Kim.
1: Thank you. Um, Amity, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners as a final thought about simplifying successfully? Like, what do we need to know?
0: Well, first, you don't need to put everything in a pile on a floor. You can go one thing at a time.
1: (laughs) That's great advice.
0: If you don't have a weekend or an evening to devote to it, if you can find 15 minutes, you can do a drawer or a shelf. And if you do one drawer or one shelf a day at the end of a month, that's 30 surfaces. That's a lot. At the end of the year, that's 365 surfaces. The key to this is once you get it decluttered, you've got to make the space sacred. You've mm-hmm. got to make a habit, you know, set a, set a timer for yourself, spend 10-15 minutes every night just rounding up the clutter and putting it back where it belongs.
1: That's good. That's very good. I I saw something on Instagram just today. It said I'm going to take this box of clothes to the Goodwill. But first I'm going to drive around with it for 4 months in my car. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so me. I have a box back there right now that needs to go to the Hope Center, but for whatever reason, I just can't quite remember to drive by there and drop it off. So that's good to think, start small, because when some of us, when, like when I think about cleaning out a closet, I think, oh, that's, a, that's like a whole weekend job, but maybe I just do one shelf or one drawer and start small and move those things out and, and be grateful that God allowed me to have those, but be grateful that I get to go bless somebody else that might need it. So not everything I'm, we're going to give away is bad, but it just may not be beneficial for us anymore. Yes,
0: that's true. Yeah, we we do kind of outgrow and we have a season that it's useful. And then past that point, it just becomes a trap and a prison to
1: us. Exactly, exactly. Well, Amity, I thank you so much for being here and your wisdom. And you've shared some really great ideas, some real practical ideas. And I know that our listeners are going to take away even just if it's just one thing that they think I can start with this. And I can start to downsize a little bit and declutter and simplify and and so I appreciate your, your comments on that. And you may be thinking, oh, I could never do it. I can never live on a budget or declutter or simplified because I need everything I have. I need all my possessions and all my habits. But as we talked about, that is the trap most of us have fallen into at some point. But just remember the truth in God's word that we that we mentioned, Matthew 6, 21, one more time, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The passage in 1 Timothy again says, but godliness with contentment is great gain For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. So if you want to learn more about Amity's suggestions, you can check out her website again at simpleflylife.com. Read her blog. Check out her book. It's a fun, easy read. You'll enjoy that. You can order that on Amazon. So as always, we want to thank you for listening to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries. We love hearing from you about how our conversations impact your life. So leave us a comment or send us an email at info at ariseministries.net. Now, could I ask you, will you help us reach more moms with the message of hope? You can do that by subscribing to the Arise Ministries podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or more importantly, share this on your social media channels. We would really appreciate it. Again, the book, Simple Fly Life, the manual, will be linked in the podcast show notes, or you can search for it on Amazon. Amity, thanks one more time for you being here today. And moms, I hope you'll join us next time we get together. Have a great day and blessings on your journey to simplify this week.
0: Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.